Welcome to Uncontained, episode 191. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I catch up with past guest Carcaza, and uh, they are working on getting a new album out right now. They were on literally two years ago uh, to the show date, pretty much. Yeah, they were on Valentine's weekend, and they're coming on back after Valentine's. I, I don't know what it is about metal and love that go together so well, but it's uh, it's working. It's working. So it's great catching up with these guys on the show. Also, also speaking of past guests, I have a past guest that is involved in a play in San Francisco. So if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area and want to check it out, it is called The Fob Show. Uh, Foblematic. It is playing at the Exit Theater in San Francisco. The Fob Show is a story of a Filipino immigrant's experience in America and around the world and what it takes to be a stranger in a strange land. So if you're in the Bay Area and want to check it out, um, looking for something interesting to do either February 21st and 22nd or 28th and 29th, Blind Shift, the production company putting it on. And you can find out more about it on Facebook. So uh, just Google that and uh, you'll find out more information. And kind of along the same note, I'm looking to possibly start up something where it's like a corkboard or um, kind of what's happening uh, going on, events and stuff. So if you guys would be interested in that, you can either hit me up on my uh, Facebook or Instagram. Let me know what you're working on, and that's at Uncontained Pod at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can hit me up on my Aaron Static Render account, either one. Just let me know uh, what you're up to, and I will put it into the show. And if I get enough of a response, I'll start up a newsletter and uh, and get those out to people so you can know what's going on in your area. It doesn't have to be a national event. It can be local to you or local to me, and uh, I'll help get the word out. So I kind of want to help support the entertainment community and people coming up a little bit more if I can. So if you got something going on, let me know, and I will try uh, to uh get some of them on the air and if as i said if i get a big enough response i'll put them in a newsletter so um yeah that moving forward let's get back to the show today i sit back down with the band carcaza talk about the process of recording their new album that uh is going to be coming out uh, possibly mid-summer time um so they're currently in the about halfway done writing and uh, getting ready to record it. So it was great catching up with these guys. So plug in those earbuds. This is how Carcaza lives uncontained. Okay. So I'm back here with Carcaza. They were on talking about their last release. Now you guys have been in the studio working to put out a new album. Uh, what has, what, first of all, what have you guys been up to since I last talked to you? And then we'll jump into this album. Yeah, so we're writing new songs for the album. We're writing at a pretty fast rate, actually. And I don't know, we're writing with our mutual collaboration. We're all pitching in ideas for the songs that are coming together really well. Yeah, I'm actually pretty struck by uh, how fast the new material is uh, is uh, coming forth. Um, it's been, I mean, we rehearse, you know, on average, maybe once every couple weeks or so. And... Uh, We've been coming up with about maybe one or two or even three songs per uh, rehearsal, so it's been pretty striking. And I've been pretty, uh, you know, pretty excited about uh, some of the new material that's coming out. Uh, and uh, I'm just compared to the uh, the last record, uh, it's pretty striking. I'm getting pretty excited. About it. I think we all are. Yeah, the songs they are uh, coming fast, and we work this way. Yeah. Even on the past album. It was like this. So we write songs fast because we have a good chemistry and we all uh, work together. It's not one guy doing one thing. No, we... we... But, um, a lot of time when you're working on one album, you still have ideas in your mind for things to do on the next album. So we, when we were making our first one, we were already kind of thinking about the direction we want to take for the next one to make it something different, but also something genuinely keeping the carcasa sound alive. 
Cool. So when you are writing, you mentioned you all kind of write together. Do, does it normally start with lyrics? Does it start with uh, the music, the drum beat, uh, or like where? What's the what's the process like? As we know, you're all working together right now. But how how's it break down? Okay. Yeah. Well, we typically focus first on the rhythm sections. I'm using rhythm guitar, drums, and bass. We usually lyrics last because just for me as the lyric writer and singer it's easier for me to you know fit the lyrics to the music than vice versa however sometimes we start with a song concept like a subject matter in mind like i want to write a song about this the lyrics aren't fully fleshed out until after we write the instrumental part so we do first focus on the rhythm then on top of that we add the vocals and the guitar solo yeah it's it's usually that uh, one of us um Usually Bruno has a, um, an idea for one or two new songs. And then, you know, he has the, uh, uh, the rhythm guitars and or, uh, you know, the drum parts out. And um, I kind of just follow that, uh, like what they're doing, what they're kind of uh, doing between themselves, uh, with regard to, you know, those two instrumentals and, and the writing process. I kind of just follow along with it. And if I have some ideas for how I can, kind of contribute to or spice up the song then um you know i throw those in um i'm taking a bit more of a dominant role when it comes to uh like naming songs and and stuff like that but uh, it's one thing to have a cool riff but the magic really happens with how those riffs fit together and how one thing leads to another part of the song and that's really where our chemistry really shows through it's our ability to combine our ideas like I said, we work collectively, you know? And in my case specifically, I play guitar too. So I help with guitar. We all play guitar. That That's a good thing because we all can help with the melody. Oh, that's cool. So you can work on creating a song while you're not with the band as well. Like, so you, you may have the idea of a beat, but you'd be like, okay, I need to figure out a guitar me- melody to go with this and, uh, you know, bring that all to the table. Yeah, like I have a really cool riff idea, but then Bruno has an idea for a drum beat that fits it. So I end up editing my riff idea a little bit. But then at the end, the result is better than the sum of its parts. So basically, if I have a cool riff and Bruno has a cool beat, when we put them together, it's even better than the sum of its parts. Of course, of course. It's always the the parts coming together should equal something better. You know, that's always a good goal to have. So what would you say the difference in your new album opposed to the first album that I talked to you about is like what what growth have you guys had as a band or individually as a band? We've just been even more and more collaborative you know, feeding off of each other's ideas and each other's strengths. And in addition, the style of the songs we describe as more groove-oriented, we're becoming more and more, you know, rhythmically driven, you know, very groove-oriented. We don't try to make them as complicated as possible. No, we really focus on just grooving and vibing with the beats. Yeah, I feel like um, the songwriting process has become more mature. I mean, last time we were really, uh, I think... uh, kind of getting our feel for uh, not just, um, you know, multiple musicians working together uh, as a band, but uh, we were kind of sort of figuring out, well, who's who, what's what, and uh, uh, who's who's got the talent here for what. And uh, um, as we matured a little bit as a band, um, um, each person kind of, you know, finds their own uh, role, you know, like, like um, oil and water find their own appropriate levels and so forth. And um, so, you know, wh- whoever is, is kind of, uh, you know, got the, got the idea, the vision or the initiative for it will do this part of the song or that part. And then we just kind of feel out, you know, does this work together? Yeah, you know, whatever. And um, as that's happened, we've become, um, you know, just more confident and I guess a bit more bold, too, with uh, like the structure and just the feel of the songs that we've written. Um, so it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, uh, it's a natural growth of a band, pretty much. More chemistry among us, uh, more ideas that you, because we, we play separately in our places, you know? So we, we're bringing more ideas this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah natural 
growth of a good bench. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, I'm, it's interesting. Like, um, like what influences do each of you bring to the band? Because looking at you guys, you look like you come from three different backgrounds. To bring, and a lot of times, I think something great comes when you combine a bunch of different backgrounds together. You get something a little bit more original. So, what do each of you bring to the band? Like different influences or different yeah, aspects I'm the, of music. Uh, sort of the I don't know if you say pariah or the uh, the the outcast wherever I am. Which, uh, but no, I <laughs> I come from more of a uh, like a death metal, black death metal, and technical death metal sensibilities. So, I mean, my my influences, if if you want to name band names, are more in the light of like Behemoth, uh, you know, uh, Flesh God, Septic Flesh, uh, Nile, stuff like that. Um, and of course, I, I sort of bring a more gothic vibe uh, to the table. And so, um, I mean, on stage, of course, that comes out more than anything because uh, I'm, I'm probably the only one dressed um, as I do, which I'm fine with. But I think it sort of rubs off on everybody else a little bit. So it kind of things in that in that direction a little bit. So, yeah. I know you make me want to add some studs and spikes. <laughs> Yeah, if you really want to summarize our backgrounds, musical backgrounds here, when it comes to metal, it's pretty much this. Death, death, black, thrash, metal, you know? Black, you know, when it comes to heavy metal. Okay. Is is that going to be an album name? Like, black, death, That's our background. My first band were thrash metal (laughs) bands. She's more into death metal, and he's more into... Black metal. So, this is the kind of influence that we put. Uh, I'm not just into thrash metal. I like other stuff that are not even related to metal that you can see on my drum parts if you catch that reference. Okay, what would be your most abstract influence then? That that's reggae. an interesting thing to kind of bring up. Like out of metal, like reggae. You yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because I'm speaking of influence and talking how like the three of your different backgrounds go together. I'm always interested to look at like musicians and see where their influences are and then like who their influences influences are. Cause it kind of helps shape like where that came from, you know, it kind of helps like, oh, okay, I understand how say, I don't know, for some reason the band popping into my head, a system of a down right now, but uh, kind of understand how they got there you know sound by going back and looking at their influences but you know it's just well it's always uh, interesting as far as to, more, find out uh, to me i guess abstract influences that that are perhaps not even so much music related um i'm uh, i'm very much influenced and inspired whatever have you by um uh, transhumanist uh, philosophy and the idea of uh sort of the um, uh, how would i put it um humans uh, becoming enhanced, upgraded, becoming machines over the course of the future, uh, you know, uh, superseding and conquering immortality and becoming gods. So I'm, I'm very much into that concept, and that's kind of the, the philosophy that I like to, uh, you know, sort of translate into uh, musical and, and, you know, the visual aesthetic side of things. How does that show up in the music? Like, how does the whole, like, I guess, cyborgian um, as future far as this show up particular in your music? outfit goes? It's maybe subtly expressed in the lyrics. Because, uh, like I said, I do have a little bit more of uh, a role in uh, the song naming and um, helping write the lyrics. Besides that, just the, uh, you know, the outfits that I decide to put together uh, on the stage and just, you know, how I make myself look overall. Okay. All right. So it's all right for this for this yeah. band. It's more well, of a, like how he mentions that he's then. really good at coming up with titles. So sometimes when we're just working out the rhythm section of a song, we don't even have a subject matter in mind yet. He'll just throw out a cool title, and from there, I'll think about you know how to write lyrics around that. Of course, the, he sometimes contributes with lyric ideas as well. 
And um, for me, as far as influences that are not related to metal, so like Bruno mentioned, I like a lot of melodic death metal, a lot of thrash metal, a lot of very rhythm-oriented stuff, too. I also like you know, classical music, too. I can appreciate their melodies and harmonies. I also really, really like folk singers from my native country, Bulgaria, because those singers have such a way of like, a forward placement of their voices that allows them to project with so much power and freedom and flexibility and they can get such enormous power out of their voices yet it sounds so effortless unlike how you can hear a lot of american pop and rock singers when they project it sounds so strained and difficult but when these folk singers from bulgaria project it just their voices just fly out it's amazing. And they have so much flexibility to do with all these intricate ornamentations with it. So for me, you know, as a metal singer, every metal singer has to think about how to preserve their voice, how to project in a way that is, you know, safe and healthy for their voice. So just that style of singing was an influence on me to figure out how I can project and place my voice the best to not only be powerful, but also flexible and preserve my voice too. Very cool. Very cool. So, all right. So we kind of got your influences. I love that not all of them are what you would necessarily expect just listening to this. But now, at what stage are you currently in recording the album? So we haven't started recording in the studio. We're creating and perfecting the songs in the studio. So we're working on the content. Yeah. Right now, we are kind of halfway. We are we're still writing the song. You know, we're not into the recording studio. This is okay. our studio, but we rehearse here and write the songs here, but this is not actually the recording studio. So we are kind of halfway. We have like five or six songs now. The album is going to have like okay. 10 songs. So we are, we, are, we are actually exactly halfway right now. So that's probably going to take until April or May, and then maybe until June. Okay, and have you guys established kind of a theme or noticed a theme in the songs that you have come up with yet? Like, is there a storyline that goes through? Is it going to be like a concept album, or is each song supposed like standing individually on its own? No, so it's not quite a concept album. They're not all going to be about the same thing. We actually want to have a variety of different subject matter in the songs, also a variety of different so we're having some songs that are more slow and groove oriented kind of like pantera-esque whereas others rashy but um, as we said earlier this time around we are focusing more on the grooving aspect of them maybe they're a little bit tiny bit shorter a little bit less technically driven and more feel driven this time okay understand that i mean without going into uh, too many specifics i would just say it's it's sort of uh, like the first album version 2.0 just everything kind of uh, made a bit more bold a bit more adventurous um, at least that's how i'm feeling you know when i listen to the first album of course you listen to your your first thing and, and you're your own worst critic and you think this sounds good but then you sort of you know find yourself going uh like maybe i wish maybe i would have fixed this or we could have done this or that better uh, you know you, you always feel this way about your your early work so given that um i feel like what's coming out now is uh like oh, i'm already excited to perform uh at least a couple just just a few of the songs that i can just hear in my head so uh the groove is better um i think just the the, the songwriting the sense of technicality that's in there is maybe a little bit higher than uh, uh or, or a little bit stronger than on the first album so um i'm, I'm just feeling a, a lot more pumped uh you know to to record and perform this you know, this time around. Yeah, the album doesn't have a, a concept. We have our style uh, when it comes to lyrics and when it comes to the songs themselves that you can tell is us. <laughs> it has some sort of style that we we don't get too far from it. But yeah, it's not a concept album. It's just a Carcassa album. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to the songs themselves, one, one thing I can say is that they're definitely more straight to the stories about uh, creating the album or any challenges that you guys have come across so far that you want to share yeah so i mean you asked a little bit about the challenges of putting songs together say so the biggest one is sometimes you will by yourself come up with a riff that you think is really cool but your bandmates 
either they might not like that riff or they might want to change it. Sometimes you get really attached to the thing you created by yourself, but being a group, you have to collaboratively make changes to that. Sometimes it can be hard to digest the fact that you this thing needs to be changed. Sometimes you'll write a full song start to finish and present all the riffs. And they're saying, oh, this needs to go. That needs to change. And it can be hard to digest sometimes. But ultimately, it is a better result. Um, I think every band member has that challenge. You have to be willing to accept feedback. So that can be the challenge to work around. Do you do a majority rules type thing? Like if two members are like, oh, I don't like that. We need to change it figure it out i mean there isn't a specific protocol like oh if we have an argument about a riff or a song there isn't a specific protocol we follow to resolve it just sort of and we just work around it everyone throws in their ideas here and there and then it synthesizes into whatever it has to be so yeah it's a bit like uh, a kid with his messy room or uh, <laughs> just just when you have a pool with a bunch of stencils and, 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 and paints and whatever else laid out and you're just making a mess of everything and uh, there's just chaos, there's bedlam, and you don't exactly know what you're doing, but your your creative process is, is going. Your thoughts are free-flowing. There's something happening there. You don't exactly know what. Trading ideas back and forth. Oh, this works, that works. Maybe, yeah, no. You go through a few different things, and then out of all this, this chaos, uh, something interesting actually comes out, and it is almost completely different than what you actually set out to do in you don't even remember what you set out to do uh, once it's finally, you know, hashed out. So such is the creative process, I guess. All right. Very cool, man. So also one thing about this, what they were seeing, this is kind of natural in a band. This thing of, oh, I need to leave this here. What they both said it is natural in, in bands when you have to agree on things and not, not always what you wanted to do is what is going to be on the record something normal it's not a solo project yeah i just think it's useful to have that out there for bands that are maybe starting out or trying to get together and figure out how how to make that dynamic work to hear how other people actually deal with it you know a, a learning experience in a way <laughs> We are a very collaborative band, but I have other friends who are in bands that work differently. In some of their bands, they have one band leader who just calls all the shots. They write everyone's part. They tell them exactly what to do. You're doing this, you're doing that. We just don't work that way. We work in a more collaborative way. So just whatever works for the band really depends on the type of band. Okay. All right. Well, it seems to be working for you guys. Um, now... I know like in the past I had you answered the five questions at the end of the show. So I am going to ask those again to you guys. And I want to make like, if your answer changes, great. If it's the same thing, that's just consistency. And that's cool too. But um, with progressing as a band, you might have different answers to let's say the first question is what advice do you have people who are from, what advice do you have for people who are looking to either start a band or take their band to the next level? Yeah, to start a band, I mean, the most important thing is the band members, you know, the other people who you find to work with you. Because, you know, a lot of people, when they want to start a band, they do it because they have specific musical ideas they want to put out there. But you need to find people who are not only willing to gel with your ideas, willing to go with that but who can also contribute because i mean ultimately you want to use your band members to help you grow you know don't want to just stay stuck in the same place so in our case it's cool that we have some different backgrounds and perspectives you know it can be challenging sometimes when we're you know sometimes it's going to be hard to come to an agreement on how exactly to structure a song but ultimately it for us, it does work out for the better. We have a way of using each other to help ourselves grow. So, and to get their ideas out into the world, just to try to find people who help you grow, who can give you some other perspectives, some other ideas that you wouldn't have thought of yourself, but at the same time, kind of fit with your personality and just create a good chemistry. Okay. Um, when I reflect on just uh, what we've been doing and for how long we've been doing it, I find uh, 
number one, of course, you got to uh, be into what you're doing. Uh, you got to have chemistry together, and um, there's got to be, a, of course, commitment. I mean, there are a lot of bands that you know come and go for for various reasons. They have hardships going, whatever they've got going on in life. But uh, you want to just, you know, continually evaluate what you're doing and just look deep within your heart and just uh, be able to say that. You know, you're into it. You're really getting something out of it. It's satisfying. It's it's fulfilling. And um, also, as a musician, uh, just individually, you want to make sure that you're constantly, you know, holding your craft. You're practicing. You're always inspired uh, in some way, and you're always driving yourself. Um, whether it's it's just with you know us rehearsing together, practicing together, because uh, this is basically our our practice time. Our our rehearsal is our practice time, and so. Uh, if there are any, um, how would I say, if there are any loose ends or uh, uncertainties or, or areas in the song, well, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about this part or whatever, we tighten that up. Like, I'm okay. sure we tighten that up because uh, we don't want to go out there and, and just have you know, some some fluid, ambiguous idea of, of this or that part. Like, we want to you know, really iron that out and, and, and solidify that before... Uh, you know, before we commit to that, that, that being the end result. So um, you really want to have your, your craft set in stone and, and actually kind of, you know, wishy-washy about it. Because if you've got that, that really set down, you're going to be more confident about it in the end, and you're going to feel much more confident when you're performing it, too. You're going to really just be able to, you know, get down and rock out. All right, nice. Bruno? Yeah, you asked about uh, advice for bands. Uh, guys wanting to start a band. I have two things to say. <clears throat> two things to say. Know yourself musically and know the business that you are in. That's what I would say. So when I say know yourself musically, is because you don't want to start something and then a few years later finding yourself in a place that you don't like, doing something yeah. you don't like. You just did because... Uh, Nobody knows what you're there. No, know yourself musically and know the business that you are in. Makes a lot of a difference when you know, when you understand that this is a business like any other. You know, the other business, yeah, it's not art. This one has art, but it's still a business like any other. So, I, that's valuable to know. That's valuable to know as well. So, yeah. um, I'll just go ahead and kick off the next question with you, Bruno. Uh, what are you doing to uh, promote yourself, like as a band? Like, what is Carcasa doing, or what are you individually doing to promote yeah. Carcasa? We take good care of our social media today, as you might figure is really important. Uh, take good care of that, and uh, taking a, a even better and, and extremely good care of your of your networking people that you met in a uh, someone affair in a show getting back to these people answering their emails you know and from this guy this leads to another guy and another guy that takes care of a festival that takes care of, of an event yeah we're yeah, like you said, we are very active on social media. We do participate in conventions. When we play on other shows, we don't just play our set and leave. We do take the time to actually, you know, get to know the other bands. And we become fans of a lot of the bands that we play shows with. You know, some of sometimes we become really big fans of them, which is great. And um, that helps us in particular. It's kind of unique to us. We also have a very successful music lesson business. So a lot of our students are some of our biggest fans. So it's really cool because they're fans who we actually get to see in person every week. And, you know, both as a musician and music teacher, it's really, really cool to see how we're inspiring them, you know, directly. We get to see them in their lessons, how it helps brighten their day, you know? Yeah. Uh one thing that helps this band too is that we have a business inside the business. We have something else related to music that is a school of music that kind of helps the band and the band helps the school. You know, one thing to the other, one thing helps the other. So that's another extra point that we have in this band. So are you guys able to like make a living with music alone then? Are you able to like make a living giving lessons and performing? 
um, lesson business and the band business. Yeah. I mean, for me, being a music teacher actually helped me a lot to remind myself why I'm even playing in a band in the first place. You know, music helps me be more of a musician on stage myself and vice versa. You know, being a musician on stage also helps me you know, teach my students with more passion because I can show them what they're working for. What they said. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just about the uh, most non-teaching person in, in the group. Uh, I can always give out tips, but uh, uh, they've got the reins when it comes to, the, to that, uh, that business. Also, it's good because one thing is your fans on the other side of the fence that you talk to them a little bit after the show when we have a chance and everything. Another thing is your fan in the studio with you here having a lesson with you next to you. So uh, you have that feedback. They want they want to they want to be like you. I'm a drum idol for my students. Uh, she has a bunch guitar of hero. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. she's a guitar hero for her students. So that keeps you in, in business, you know? Because fans, yeah, they go to the show fine. But one thing is having fans with you every week, getting inspired by you and giving you this feedback in person. That is, that's really cool. I bet, man. I bet. Like hearing, hearing how actually from the people that you're teaching, how you have actually affected them and stuff like that. I imagine that's pretty cool. It's cool. Our students are everything from little five-year-old kids. We actually have some senior citizens taking guitar lessons with us, believe it or not. So it's cool. It gives them, you know, some, something fun to do while they're retired. <laughs> so are you teaching like the seniors, like crunchy metal guitar? Or- like, I mean, a lot of them like more um, along the lines of like Towns Van Zandt or Bob Dylan kind of thing. But some of them metal songs or rock songs. Yeah, it's just, you know, with our students, it's whatever they want to learn. We help them learn that. So. Right on. I'm just, I just had an image in my head of like a uh, geriatric metal band in the formation. Yeah, that'll happen soon. Put down the walker, pick up the guitar, right? Exactly, exactly. Geritol for all. Off the older ones, the little ones, they're all fun to teach. Very cool. So since I last talked to you, I, I actually added a little section to this thing. I normally just ask for a highlight or two, but I'm going for a low light or a hardship and then followed up by a highlight. So kind of showing like the low and the high for the hardship. Like, like what was something that gave you guys trouble uh, or something that you had to overcome to get to where you are and how did you make that low light a positive if possible that's a good question actually very good question so let's see going in chronological order when we first started as a band one of the challenges was reconciling our different backgrounds personalities and tastes in music it was kind of difficult sometimes we're like oh is this really gonna work out but you know of course we make it work a lot of it is just trying to be humble sometimes because um sometimes like I said before, you'll come in with a full song written out that means a lot to you. And then when someone wants to change a lot of your song, you will take it personally because you're like, this is me expressing myself. So by you wanting to change it, oh, it's like almost like a personal hit. So, you know, just learning how to not personally, you know, do what's best for the song. You know, treat the song like your pet or your baby in that sense do what's best for the song and not take it personally not let it escalate to one of those you know, those crazy band fights you hear about sometimes we don't want to let it escalate to that point you know we have a way of, of keeping ourselves in check and not letting things escalate too far just be a little more objective do what's best for the song understand that it's not a personal hit if someone wants to change your riff or change your idea it's you know about the song so yeah i was just curious like how do you separate yourself from that though like how how do you separate your ego from like feedback like um, from being hurt about your art literally imagine my mind in two separate rooms <laughs> okay interesting here's the room that's all emotional and here's the room that's just thinking about the song so i decide which room i'm opening at this moment you know while you're working on a song of course it's better to open the room step into the room that's just thinking objectively about the song right so yeah i sometimes even like visually imagine those two different rooms <laughs> you heard of that expression what is best for the company mm-hmm. yeah that you have to do what's 
what's best for the company. So, uh, yeah, sometimes, ah, this is my song, blah, 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 but really, does it fit with everything? Liking or appreciating what you're doing? And on top of all this, is this good for the band? That's, that, that's the question that you must have in your mind. And sometimes something uh, could be awesome to you personally, but for the band, no. You're going to get too far from the band's spirit. got to respect it. Briefly add to that is that sometimes you may come up with a song idea that is a good song just because your band doesn't be right for the band in that moment. You know, so you also have to change us to it to make it fit the style that we're going for on the albums. Also, compromising is key. Uh, that doesn't go everywhere, but, uh, you know, there are plenty of times when um, just some riff or something in, in one of our songs, I'm, we might just be really kind of scrutinizing that part and just kind of really splitting hairs and uh you know bruno come up comes up with something or i come up with something and i'm just uh, i'm just not quite feeling this or we got to like work on this a little bit so one of us might feel really strongly about uh, you know any given part and uh but in the end uh if, if it's not working you know it all ends up working out in the end because um Ultimately, ultimately, the stuff still sounds good. Uh, any anything else come to mind that you care to share that uh, you have had to overcome? Um, I'll just say one thing. Like when we were first becoming uh, established, just in the in the very early works, it was more uh, transportation and just who's where and just finding out where are we going to practice and you know at what time is everybody going to be involved. Uh, just because. Um, not so much with me, but their living situations were, of course, a little bit more up in the air, moving around a little bit. And so uh, I was playing taxi a little bit more. I still do now. <laughs> I did today. And uh, um, I'm the driver to and from shows half the time, uh, which I'm okay except with. Except for when Oscar doesn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah except, except for when we've got our, our own drivers. Not, not so, anymore. Well, I, I used to. Be. So, yeah, um, sometimes just like location, who's where. And, uh, like, how are we going to get everybody together consistently in a designated, you know, practicing space uh, was what we were kind of working on um, early on. But we've, we've pretty much, like, established all that. Yeah, I like to add, as far as the practice space, that's where it helps to be a music teacher because we practice in our teaching studio. So that <laughs> we're very lucky we don't have to practice in someone's garage or and we also don't have to pay to book space and compete and all of that yeah. we just teach in our lesson studio and we store our equipment there so that helps a lot and then one thing that came to mind early on it was kind of hard for us to find the right audience because at first we got signed with this booking agency who had booked us on a lot of hip-hop shows so yeah. Okay. So, but we were the only metal band. The rest were hip hop artists, so that was kind of weird. Sometimes we would go on to just like very random sounding shows. Sometimes freak shows. Sometimes hip hop shows. So then, um, just in the last year or so, we got a good rhythm going, and we got in touch with some good booking agents who can put us on actual metal shows with other metal bands in venues where our music sounds good. You know, because not restaurants yeah. and such can handle metal acoustics so <laughs> finding the people to work with to get us on the shows that we want to be on yeah, this, this is the kind of thing that happens when you start when you're starting as a band yes this will happen because uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a few offers from different people that have nothing to do with, with heavy metal or rock itself so, but you want to play, you want to move forward, and you end up going to weird places. But yeah, th this is you trying to establish your brand, pretty, pretty much your name. But once you get into yeah. a certain point, everybody understands who you are. Then there, you, there you go. You're, you're you're fine because. But that takes time, not overnight. No, that takes one or two years to establish yourself in the industry. Very yeah. cool. Just right. remember when you're when you're starting out and you're kind of building your uh, your sort of musical resume like this, then that has gets. Yeah, I think sometimes when you're starting, it is better just to play a play the show, even if it's not the ideal place, just to 
be able to play the show. You know, because if you are starting out, you can't really be choose like, oh, I want to play in the whiskey a go go in the House of Blues and the Viper Room. No, you have to play these <laughs> random shows with hip hop artists. You know, things that don't really fit. But it's better just to play the show than it is to not play the show. Definitely, definitely. Might not be the audience that you love to play for, but that's true. And there's a lot of there's a lot of musical bleed over in people what people like, as you guys have shown, like from liking metal to reggae to folk music. Um, you know, it, one person at a hip hop show may also love metal, so you might have gained a fan there. So let's move on to the highlight part of the question. What would be a highlight that you care to share? Uh, with the uncontained audience. That's a good one. Well, overall, sometimes I just get really extra excited on stage at certain shows. Just those moments when I can lead the whole audience into a mutual victory chant. <laughs> nice. Here and there, and I can tell that I have the whole audience in this victory march chant with me. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, for me, it's... Uh... It's every time I don't have to concentrate so much on playing the song where I've got that and I can just, we've got a really heavy uh, part and I can just really rock out to it. Like it's really groovy. It's really rhythmically charged and I can just rock out to that, get you know down and dirty, head banging and, and whatnot. Those are always the highlights of the shows for me. Perfect. Yeah, for me is the show too. Actually, if you ask any fan, they're probably going to tell you this, is the show. You work for the show, you release albums for the show because the highlight of this business is the show. Because recording is not fun. Recording is work. You know, it's work to get the album done. What is fun is the show. So yeah, the highlight is playing live for your audience and yeah, that energy. That is the highlight. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I got a couple more questions for you here, and then uh, get back to writing that album. So when you are performing, since the show is a highlight to all of you, is there something in your performance that you want people to remember and take away from from what they just witnessed? Like, do you have anything that you want your audience to feel or remember? Yeah, so I like to play with a sense of freedom and power, you know, I like it's hard to describe exactly what I mean by freedom and power, but it's just something that you feel, you know? Like I said, when I get the audience in that big victory camp with me, like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell the audience is also feeling the power and they're feeling the freedom to express themselves and be themselves and do whatever the hell they want in that venue. So um, yeah, it's just that sense of freedom and power is what i want to transmit to the audience nice well for me um it's just a really uh, sort of dark uh non-spoken aggression that i'm trying to channel because uh like i think i've said my uh, my early influences were uh like early slipknot um iowa era slipknot and uh more really as of the 2010s uh, behemoth so uh the kind of thing where you may or may not be doing vocals but you know, with your instrument, you're just, like I said, getting down and dirty and you're just really rocking out hard. Um, and of course, with the right look, just, just cha channeling that very dark sort of uh, death black metal-esque um, aggression on stage, not just rocking out like you're having a party or like you're a rock band, but, but really getting like serious about it. I, I want them to, you know, to feel that power um, and that aggression. Like it's, um, it's got to have a, you know, have an impact. Perfect. Yeah, we are there to have fun as much as they are there to have fun. You know, pretty much. <laughs> they are there to have fun playing and they are there to have fun watching us play and jumping around, headbanging. So, yeah, I just want to have a, a fun night you know, and see them with merch. I, I see them with merchandise. I see, I see you guys have uh, Carcasa water bottles right there that you've been drinking down to. T-shirts, too. We have T-shirts, the, the water bottles, and, of course, the, the CDs if you come to our ships. And they keep the water cold, too. They keep the water cold in the middle of the summer. They're very well designed. <laughs> <laughs> Only other uh, word I was looking for that I'd add to that is drama. Um, I like to okay. go um, on stage. Like, if, uh, if I were in the audience, I would want to, at some point in the show, 
get a sense of goosebumps on my neck and on my back. Like, whoa, this this really hit me like at my core for a moment there. Uh, I feel like if if I personally as a musician and or we can can deliver that to you, then we've done our job. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So I have one final question for you, but before I get to that question, uh, we mentioned merch. Um, where can people get your merch? Where can people find you? What's your corner of the internet and where, when and where can people hear this new album when it comes out? So yeah, um, website, you can find the store in person in, in the show. Uh, and the album, when it comes out, it goes straight to Spotify, iTunes, iTunes. Uh, Deezer, Amazon Music, so it goes straight to the platforms. Pretty much anywhere that you can hear music online, you can hear. Anywhere. All right, perfect, perfect. So, and if you guys send me, like, obviously, carcasa.com, I can get that in the show notes. But if you send me your social media and everything like that, I'll include that in the show notes so people can get a hold of you guys as well. Yeah. Um, so I have that one final question for you. It's the title question of the show. How do you live uncontained? Okay, so, you know, despite the fact that we know that between our performing, recording, writing music, and me and Bruno's case, the teaching of music, it's a lot of work that goes into this, and not all of it is that fun, enjoyable, lighthearted kind of stuff. Sometimes you really get down with really hard work and hard feelings. But despite all of that, we keep going. Yet, you know, because you work with music, there are always going to be people telling you, hey, when are you going to get a real job? You don't have a real job. <laughs> I have a giant scorpion on my arm. I can't get an office job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I love talking about this tattoo, by the way. I actually got this, a giant scorpion, on my forearm. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah, to commemorate the fact that, by the way, I got this scorpion even before we made it the logo. We made it the logo after everyone thought it was cool so i got it to commemorate the fact that i strongly believe with every piece of my being that it is never worth it to sell out what you really want and need in your own life for a promise of security you know never sell out what you really need to do for yourself in order just to get safety and security no because there is no safety even in living a life that doesn't fulfill you when you're doing things that you do not like and do not want to do. That is why I got a big scorpion on my arm to symbolize <laughs> that fact and the fact that I'm a Scorpio, but it's to symbolize the fact that I never, ever, ever think it's worth it to sell out what you really believe is the right thing for you to do. And so in our case, we prove that if you keep working towards what you want, it will work out for you doesn't happen right away. It doesn't happen overnight. It took a long time for our band to get off the ground, also for our music lesson business to get off the ground. That also had a pretty rough start. Um, Many times we were wanting to quit and our friends and family were telling us we should do something else. But I knew in my heart that it was the right thing for me to do. So here we kept on going and now we're making, you know, we're making a comfortable living. We love our lives and we love what we do. And we love telling people about how to get there too. And that's how I live uncontained. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you, I got to do this now or, or, or else it's never going to happen. And so I just committed myself to it full blown, full steam ahead. And I decided, well, guitar, bass, whatever, I'm just going to do this if it kills me. I don't care. Um, and now granted, I do have um, a lot of family support, but they also, you know, family expectations are, what are you going to do? You're going to be set up for a career. You're going to be set up for something respectable where your your hair is cut short or where you don't have all the, all those kinds of tattoos and um i just see all those as societal and cultural impositions on my being and the kind of uh person that or, or the, the kind of figure that i idealize myself to be so what do i do uh i, I just decide to just you know throw it right back in the face of those forces that tell me that uh you know, this is going to hurt your job prospects, fine. Then I'll just go five, to- five, no, ten times harder with that. Um, if, it, if it's tattoos or any other kind of bodily modification, 
then fine, I'll just keep doing that, uh, you know, 10 times harder. Um, and I'll just let my personality and my work ethic and my drive uh, speak for itself. So uh, as far as the actual music goes, um, just about every uh, spare change and, and, uh, and a bit of spending money that I have musically equipment and either for this band or, or my own personal uh, stuff that I'm putting together. So I probably spent more uh, in the last you know few years on, on musical equipment than ever than you know ever in my life, but I I wouldn't have it any you know any other way, uh, and so uh, yeah I'm sacrificing a good bit, but you know this is I I almost put more of a like a, a philosophical almost metaphysical significance on it beyond just you know being a rock really um, up there on stage yeah um, I kind of give it sort of a uh, sort of a a, a quasi religious idealization if you will. Uh, and that's that's what what really keeps me uh, doing this. And I, again, I told myself, uh, I don't care if I'm like 40 or 45. I'm I'm gonna have to fulfill this vision. Like I have to. There you go, man. There you go. Appreciate appreciate you sticking with it and like uh, putting in the work, man. It's uh it's tough. It's tough to do. I know. I know. <laughs> but sometimes you just gotta push through. Yeah, in my case, I've always worked with management and of all sorts, business consultancy. That's my major. So I've always worked with management, but music was was always been my favorite. I was just working with the wrong people back then. Now with this band, I'm glad that I'm working with the right people and with with the thing that I like the most, music. But management has always been something I've, I've been doing. But now I've um, in the management of something that I really appreciate that is music. Before I try to do that. But but I, I was not working. Yeah. Uh, they're being able to give this good, cool interviews for guys like you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. So and playing this this uh, great shows. So I'm glad that finally what I've been uh, looking forward someday, music, business, band is now working because. The other things I was doing before the band, yeah, they were working fine, but it was not in my heart. It was just... Yeah, I hear that. Here is what I really love doing. So are you kind of the business mind behind the band, too, then? Or do you take care of the most of the business aspect? Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. It's always good to have those guys around. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. I appreciate you uh, taking time to talk to me today and uh, spread the word about your upcoming album and also drop some knowledge on uh, my listeners as well. I have one final thing for you guys to do, and that is sign off the show. Will you guys do me the honor of signing off the show today? Bruno, drums. Delia, guitar and voice. Check out Carcasa's new album, Dark Sun Eclipse, when it comes out this summer. I'm Brian, a.k.a. Black Jackal. We are Carcasa. And we live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and it was great catching up with the guys from Carcasa. And I'm looking forward to that new album coming out. So keep an ear open for it. I'll keep you posted when it hits uh it's the internets and uh, is available for you to listen to. So please uh, check it out. Carcaza, thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. And if you want to help support the show, please do a couple simple things for me. One, in your podcast player of choice, please click that subscribe button and you will magically get new episodes of Uncontained um, when they are posted and, and get that notification and uh, be ready to listen whenever. And then at UncontainedPod.com, please, if you're doing any Amazon shopping or anything like that, click that Amazon banner at the top of the page and help support the show. I appreciate you guys listening and until next time. Live uncontained.